right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host, recording live here from Ithaca, New York. Just uh, you know, just getting going. Just about to end my day here this evening, but recording this for you so you learn some more technicals. And I learned some more technicals today. We're talking about a very obscure rule today, specifically within the domain of mergers and acquisitions. We're talking about the tax code. Yes, the IRS tax code. So let's go ahead and get into it. The question today is this. Explain IRS section 338H10 and why it matters. Explain IRS section 338H10 and why it matters. Now, there are some weird rules written in the tax code, and sometimes they apply to investors or owners of companies. The part of the tax code that you and I are likely familiar with as individuals is actually a really small section of the overall U.S. tax code. A huge part of it has to do specifically with businesses, how they operate, how much they pay in taxes, and under what specific conditions. So section 338H10 is one of these sections, and it applies specifically to certain acquisitions, a certain type of acquisition. So let's go ahead and learn about that. So this section of the tax code, it essentially allows one business to buy another as if it purchased its assets instead of its stock. So allows it to purchase it. Basically, you buy the company but technically, you're treating it from a tax perspective as if you bought the assets of the company. So it's a subtle distinction, but it is important and it does change things. Now, why would a company want to do this? I mean, this sounds kind of weird. Well, the reality is it's the tax benefits. <laughs> why would a company do anything specific to some obscure tax code rule? Well, it's so they can save money in taxes. That's why. So how does this work? Well, when the section of the tax code is employed during a deal, the buyer gets the assets of the seller at what's known as a stepped up basis. And if you're familiar with any kind of taxation uh, in the business world at all, this is probably a familiar term, this, this concept of a stepped up basis. So when a company buys an asset, that becomes their cost basis, how much they paid for it. But stepped up basis is just like it sounds. The value is stepped up to another value, a higher value. And that means that potentially less, less taxes will be owed in the future. So this means that, let's say, for example, the seller has a factory on the books at $100 million. And that was their historical cost. But the fair value of the factory is $200 million. Now, with the buyer purchases the seller with this specific type of transaction, then the buyer gets to record the factory on their books at 200 million. And this is important because let's say that the buyer sells this factory later down the line for $400 million. Well, they're only gonna pay the gain associated with their tax basis. So in this case, their tax basis is 200 million. So the gain is 400 minus 200, which gives you a $200 million gain. Contrast that with a situation where the basis was not stepped up and the basis was 100 million. 
So if the same company sold that factory for $400 million years down the, the line, 400 million minus 100 million gives you a $300 million gain. And of course, what do you have to do when you make more gains? And when you realize gains, you got to pay more taxes. <laughs> so that's how the stepped up basis helps the acquiring company in this particular scenario. It helps save on taxes. And it's kind of a weird transaction, but it's cool to learn about. There are some restrictions that companies need to be aware of before they would consider this kind of transaction. It's very specific. So for example, the buyer and the seller must both legally be corporations, specifically either S corporations or C corporations. And if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, there are different types of legal entities that define a quote unquote company. So you have something called sole proprietorships, which is just one person just kind of doing their thing as a business. You've got LLCs, stands for limited liability companies. That's one type of com a corporation. There are partnerships. There are S corporations and C corporations. And oh my goodness, like this is like a whole <laughs> like tax law episode right now, but we're not going to get into all that because that's like, frankly, outside of my wheelhouse beyond the basics. And what you need to know as an investment banker is, is really just the fundamentals um, from my perspective, from what I know so far. So in this specific type of transaction, it can't be a partnership or an LLC. So it has to be an S corporation or a C core. And sellers have to pay taxes on the proceeds of the asset sale. And they also have to pay taxes based on the proceeds from the sale of the actual company. So it's kind of tough because they're double taxed in this scenario from, from what I've researched. But this isn't all bad news because the seller may be able to leverage a higher asking price on the transaction for their company from the buyer because the buyer would want to do this type of transaction to save money in taxes. So the buyer would get that tax savings because of the write-up on the assets, but the seller, even though they're paying a lot of taxes, they might get an overall bigger pool of money if they can kind of push up that deal price a little bit. So that's, that's what's going on there. Now, when would this kind of transaction make sense? You know, I mentioned S corporation, C corporation, but should every C corporation do this? Should every S corporation do this? Probably not. This type of transaction might be most advantageous for target companies that have high net operating losses on their books. Because if you have high net operating losses on your books with this transaction, those could get written down completely in the acquisition which would allow the buyer to write up more assets as a result and get their tax savings. If you can wipe off all of those net operating losses off the books, you pay a certain amount of money for the company, you write up your assets a lot, you step up your basis a lot, guess what? You can depreciate and amortize those things down year after year after year and basically save money on taxes. <laughs> all these things basically lead to trying to save money on taxes. That's what it comes down to. So that is your kind of idiosyncratic <laughs> tidbit for the day. <laughs> IRS section 338H10 and why it matters. 
So I hope you learned something from this. I learned something from this too, certainly. And that's what I got for you today. This is Alex Mason, your host. This has been another episode, another one coming at you every day with this stuff <laughs> of Investment Banking Insights. I hope you're doing amazing and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.